Hey, sports fans, this is Straight from the Basement with Tamiami. I'm a sports fan who always said, if I never played a sport professionally, then I want to talk about it. I'm born and raised in New York City. Played organized basketball for several well-known teams in the mid-70s and the early 80s, such as the legendary Home Cold Rucker Tournament, Melbank, Stone Gym, and Riverside Church. LaGuardia House and my all-time favorite, Each One Teach One. Having sports in my life at an early age always kept me out of trouble. If I wasn't playing basketball, I was either playing football or baseball. Hey, sports fans, this is Straight From The Basement with Tamiami, where my opinions, views, and facts will cover the hottest, the latest, and the past sports events. Welcome once again. I want to continue to thank Everyone who has liked and subscribed to my podcast, I appreciate you guys so much. And if this is the first time you're viewing it, please do the same. As always, before I get into today's topic, I must get into one of the hottest, if not the hottest, sports topic in the country. And the headlines read like this. U.S. men's soccer team exposes Massive pay disparity for U.S. women's competitions. Listen, when I saw the headlines, I'm a big soccer fan. When I saw the headlines, I was so proud of these U.S. young men doing what they did for the sport. Not just for soccer. I'm talking about sports in general. For them to come at FIFA World Cup, who's been disrespecting women's soccer throughout the decades, not just here in America, I'm talking about women's soccer all over the world, disrespecting them. Not even, I mean, the pay, the pay that they're giving the women compared to the men. Listen, it's crazy. I mean, it's just like the WNBA almost. If not, I mean, that's why you got like the Britney Grinders running over to Russia and other parts of the world to play in other leagues because they're not making enough money here in the WNBA. So I'm hoping the WNBA commissioners, I'm hoping y'all wake up, pay these women. Because listen, it ain't all about men's sport. Women's sport is here. It's been here. It's just as entertaining. So listen, <laughs> give up the bucks. Right now, listen, I am so proud of these young men for the U.S. soccer. And I'm right now so proud. I am just so proud to be a United States American sports fan for just for this moment because of what these young men has done. I'm very happy. And I want to move on and get on it on with today's topic. The top 10 NFL wide receivers of all time. Now, <laughs> listen, when I was putting this show together and looking at the names, man, like the running backs, these wide receivers was no joke. Listen. The wide receiver position is probably the most entertaining position in NFL. I said probably. I mean, some people make debate me, but I said probably. There's a lot that goes on 
for a wide receiver to have success in each game? There's three factors. Factors number one is the offensive line must be able to hold up and give that quarterback some time to throw. Second factor, that quarterback must hit that wide receiver on the money when he's completing his route. They got to be in sync. The third factor is that wide receiver must be able to get separation. And I'm going to talk about separation later on in the show. But listen, the wide receiver position over the years, over the years, has lost its excitement. My opinion has lost its excitement. And I'm going to speak about that later on in this show. So for this topic, I got a few guests for this show. And I want to name and introduce my guests. These, these are special guests to me. And um, I ain't going to get into why, but these are my special guests. My special guest is Keith. I got Keith from Staten Island, New York. Number two, as a guest, I got Big Tom. No, excuse me. I got Jay Ice because I'm that excited. I got Jay Ice from Brooklyn, New York. Number three on the list, on my guest list, I got Big Tom from Plainsville, New Jersey. And we're going to close it with Barry Bistro from Bayshore, Long Island. How's everyone doing, fellas? Doing great. All good, baby. All good. Happy to be here. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me virtually in my basement. Appreciate y'all so much. So listen, I got some ground rules like every top 10 show I do. I got the name, the ground rules. And the ground rules goes like this. There are several sports outlets that have their top 10 in different orders. I'm only concentrating on one outlet. I do not mention any sports outlet on this show, so we're going to keep it on the low. But here's the top 10 NFL wide receivers of all time off that list. And here's the countdown. Number 10, nickname Bambi. He goes back. The nickname is Bambi. Lance Owlsworth. He had an 11-year career, 137 games played, with 542 receptions, totaling 10,266 yards, 85 touchdowns in that 11-year career. Yes, he made it in the Hall of Fame, class of 1978. Listen, this dude with his offense, the receiving, he made the offense, an open offense, deadly with his speed. Listen, Super Bowl champ with those Cowboys back in that 71 season. I ain't going to get into that too much because I know I got a Cowboy fan. And he got that star all in my eyes. So, so, so I'm going to move on to number nine. Number nine, they call the money. Nicknamed the money, Art Monk. Oh, man, I remember that dude like it was yesterday. Listen, he had 16-year career, 
224 games played with 940 receptions. My God, 12,721 yards receiving, 68 touchdowns. Yes, he made it in the Pro Bowl Hall of Fame. Come on, class of 2008. Monk as a Washington Redskins. I know it's the Washington Commanders, but back then it was called the Redskins, people. He made it to the Super Bowl and won three Super Bowl three times with the same team, the Washington Redskins, with three different quarterbacks. Listen, I forgot about that, fellas. 106 catches in 1984. NFL record. He held that record for eight years. Art Monk held the most catches in a career and most consecutive games with a catch. Listen, this dude was a, he was a perfectionist out there. But we're going to talk about Art in a few. Moving on to number eight on the list. Yeah, they call him Sleepy. <laughs> he had those eyes. I'm not sure if that's the reason why they call him Sleepy. We're talking about the amazing Chris Carter. 15-year career. 234 games played, 1,101 reception, 13,899 yards receiving. My man was doing it. 130 touchdowns. Yeah, he in the Hall of Fame. You already know that. Class of 2013. Listen, Carter would have been the most dominated wide receiver in the 90s, if it wasn't for, you know who, Jerry Rice, and we're going to get into that in a few. Listen, but Carter never got a chance to showcase his talent. All that talent in the Super Bowl. He never made it to a Super Bowl. Moving on to number seven. Man, they call him the freak. And we talked about the freak in some shows in the past. Randy Moss. <laughs> this, you, you already know what this man used to do. 14-year career, 218 games played, 982 yards received, 15,292 yards receiving. My God, 156 touchdowns. Listen, yeah, Hall of Fame class, 2018. Listen, Moss, 2007. He caught a single season of 23 touchdowns just in that season alone. The best in the league. Listen, enough. He put, yo, listen, the reason why this man went into the Hall of Fame, ten, he's the only 10 receivers that's in the Hall of Fame class of the 100 or 100 team. He's one of the 10 receivers. Think about that for a second. Played in two Super Bowls, but no cigar. Moving on to number six. Call him T.O. That simple. Terrell Owens. Had a 13-year career. 219 games played. 1,078 yards received. 15,934 yards receiving. 153 touchdowns, my God, yes, he made it into the Hall of Fame, that 2008 class. Listen, one Super Bowl appearance, 
but no cigar. Owens was a beast out there on that field. Moving on to number five, nicknamed the best hands in the NFL, Larry Fitzgerald. Now, this man was like an Iron Man. He played 17 years in the NFL. 263 games played, 1,432 receiving, excuse me, reception, 17,492 receiving yards. Listen, 121 touchdowns. This dude was doing it. I mean, listen, Fitzgerald was the youngest player in NFL history to catch 1,000 passes in his career. And second all-time yards and reception, Fitzgerald, my man, was doing it. Yes, he's down with that NFL 100 all-time team. One Super Bowl appearance, but no cigar. <laughs> Yo, these cats with no cigars, they've been doing it, but no cigars. Number four on the list, they called them the Alabama Antelope. Yeah, we gonna go back, back at the time. Number four, Don Hudson had an 11-year career, 116 games played, 488 receiving yards, 7,991 yards, 99 touchdowns. Yes, he made it into the Hall of Fame back in 1963. And, yes, he's down with that NFL all-time team. Listen, Hudson was the only receiver in the Hall of Fame class. He had 99 touchdowns received back in 1930s. Yeah, we talking about wall time, y'all. <laughs> he was doing it. Three-time champion, though. Three-time champion. Moving on to number three. Man... I mean, the team wasn't all that, but when this man played on Sundays and on Turkey Day, they called the Megatron. Oh, my God. Calvin Johnson had a nine-year career, 135 games played, 731 received receptions, excuse me, 11,619 yards and 83 touchdowns. Yes, he's in the Hall of Fame of 2021. Johnson was the most physically gifted receiver to ever play the game. And yes, I, I, and listen, this dude was a beast out there. I mean, yeah, he only did nine seasons. But everybody wondered if he would have stuck around like the Barry Sanders would have stuck around for the Detroit Lions. What? Records they would have been breaking, but Calvin never got a chance to showcase his talents in the Super Bowl. Never. Moving on to number two, they called them Yoda. Steve Largent. Listen, this dude was no joke. 14-year career, 200 games played, 819 receptions, 13,008. 13,089 yards, 100 touchdowns. Yes, he's in the Hall of Fame of class of 1995. NFL all, NFL 100 all-time team in 2019. Listen, 
This man was no joke. Steve never got a chance, though, to showcase his talent in the Super Bowl. And here we are at number one. Number one. Everybody who knows number one, I ain't even got the name of him. I could just start asking y'all questions. Listen, they called him the man with the hands, Mr. Jerry Rice. And <laughs> we're going to put that Mr. in front of that. 20-year career, 284 games played, 1,549 receptions. My God, 22,000. 895 yards receiving, 197 touchdowns. Bananas, Hall of Fame class of 2010. You know he's down with that NFL all-time team. No surprise, this man, the records. For anybody right now in 2022 season wants to try to break this man's record, you least got to play 15 years, at least, to try to come close. So, for my guests, I got five questions for y'all. And Mr. Keith Brooks, I'm starting off with you. Do you agree or disagree with this order that this top 10 is in? Please explain. Mostly, I like the list. You know, I'm not going to front. I didn't see much of Lance Allworth. Um, but, you know, most of the guys I did see, and it's, it's a decent list. It's a good list. I was on one of your shows before, and you were talking about guards, and I think Jordan was number one. Ain't nobody touching that. Just on, and on this list, too, ain't nobody touching Jerry Rice. Ain't nobody going near that. So that, that's, that's solid. Steve Largent at number two, I had an issue with. So, you know, I'm, I got an issue with that. I'd have to push him to the side. <laughs> and and I'll you know I'll get into it a little bit later, but um also Don Hudson. Look, man, I can in certain sports you can listen to what people who know have told you about plays you never seen. Like ain't none of us gonna argue that Babe Ruth was a great baseball player. Ain't none of us seen him play, but we didn't heard enough about him. Right. I ain't heard enough about right. Don Hudson so that I could give him that kind of love. So you know, maybe somebody else on the panel has. You got a distinguished group here, but I can't give them that kind of love, so I got to pull them out. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that response, Keith. Same question, Jay Ice. Same question. Talk to me, Jay Ice. Yo. First, I'll say for Keith, in regards to that Don Hudson, I don't know. Maybe you might have been there when he was there. You just wasn't watching football at the time. <laughs> but if you ever saw a picture of the brother, the boy was wearing a leather helmet. And then, you know, back then, the, the, there was no real protection stuff. So he did what he did with the leather helmet. I have no problem with him on, on the list. I think the list is pretty good. I like the order. Um, I wouldn't mind if Larry Fitzgerald went up to okay. number three. Number three. Number three or number four above this um, Don Hudson. Got Terrell Owens. Definitely, you know, the beast. Randy Morse, I also think he might benefit me moving up right behind Larry Fitzgerald because when I look at things, I'm like, who would I want to start my team with? That's right. You know, who do I pick? You know, Jerry Rice is a no-brainer. You know, <laughs> you go with him. You know, Largen, saw Steve Largen all through the 70s, 80s. Killed my Jets with Seattle. You know, he was, he was, he was a player, playmaker. He showed up big time in games and he was one of those guys you just couldn't, 
you couldn't stop him, you couldn't catch him, and you didn't know, you know, how he did it because he wasn't the fastest person. But uh, Larry Fitzgerald, I'm, you know, you ask, give me an opportunity to pick somebody to start team with the hands. That's my man. Now there's some other one others that are still active now that might have had a chance if they had kept their um they kept healthy and and you know with all this contract stuff. Uh-huh. But um I like the order. Art Monk. I think I might have put him up above Chris Chris Carter too, moved him up the list because the Redskins, he was he was the man. He made it happen. No my doubt. Doug, with Doug Williams, he was there on the other end of that. That's right. That's right. That was the Underground Railroad. That's right. That's right. That's right. But other than that, I'm good with it. You're good with it. Well, thank you so much for that response, Jay Ice. Big Tom, same question. Big Tom, same question. All right. Um, I, I like the list, but you left out one cat that I think belonged on it. And I did some little bit of research. Uh, Marvin Harrison from the Colts. Mm, Marvin. On that list. Yeah. I, and Steve Martin, Steve Martin was one of my favorites back in the days. He was one, I just liked the, the fact that he was slow. But if you wanted to watch, or if a receiver, young receiver wanted to see somebody run patterns, watch that cat run patterns. That's where he, he made the difference between anyone else. That's right. I like his, I like his story. But if Marvin Harrison, where would I put him? I start shifting his list around because – and as much as it pains me, but T.O., Randy Moss, Chris Carter, <laughs> those are game changers. Game changers. Bad uh, boys. Bad I boys. like all three. They were game, game changers. I'm like, I, I sit there and watch them. I love them. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, but you know when Jerry Rice is the man. Jerry Rice is the man. He, he, he made watching it, watching football fun, uh, watching Jerry Rice. So I totally – um, but I do like the list. You did pick up some good um, players. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for that, Big Tom. Barry B. Stroh, same question, please. Talk to me. And like like all the other fellas said, I like the list. But I'm going to keep it simple, right? I started watching, really watching football, 1973, 1974. So I, to me, I would replace the two guys that I've never seen playing, which was number 10, Lance <laughs> Allworth and Don Hudson. I never seen them play. Like Keith said, when you know it's it's not like basketball, right? You you, you kind of know who's who. Football is a little different. So I would replace though. I mean, I like the list. All those guys only except those two because I haven't seen them play. Right. I right. would I would re- and I have my two replacements that I'm gonna leave that for question two. Okay. Well, thank but, you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 other than that, the list is tight. Steve Largent was one of my favorite receivers. Uh, Obviously, Randy Moss, Fitzgerald, hands of, of, of Shore. That's what I would say. The list is cool, but those two guys, I haven't seen them play. I would replace those two guys on my list. And I'll tell you who they are when we get to that. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Bistro. Thank you. Thank you all for question number one. So we're going to move on to question number two. Do you believe that another legend outside of this top ten order should be in this top 10. Keith, talk to me. I think you said you was cool with, I mean, you mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, Harris, Marvin, you mentioned. No, that was, that was Tom. That was Tom. Oh, oh, okay. I apologize. Go ahead, Keith, talk to me. Okay, so, um, I mean, I didn't get crazy with it, but there are two people who, in my opinion, have to be, there and I got to move the list around a little bit. I do a little bit of reconstructive surgery. 
Steve Largent was nice, great player. But what planet are people living on that they got them rated higher than Randy Moss? Mm. Really? Okay. I mean, I saw, we saw Randy Moss his first year, his first couple of games when he came into the game, changed everything. Nobody has seen anything like him. Throw the ball long, throw it high, just watch him go get it. That's right. And they say that about a lot of wide receivers, but no, not every wide receiver can outrun the defense and just throw the ball long, throw it high. So I got Randy Moss at number two, and I pushed Steve Largen back a little bit. I think I put him to seven. seven. Also, I added to the list. Okay. Talk the surprise to here, the playmaker, baby, Michael Irvin. Oh. Three Super Bowl championships. And if you saw the way he played, he revolutionized wide receiver. I mean, he played it like a like he was a power forward in basketball. Yes, he did. Throw yes, the ball did. up, elbow and catch in the air, knocking mm -hmm. dudes off, and pushing people off. And they changed the rules to deal with him. They changed the rules on how physical a wide receiver could be just to deal with the playmaker, Michael Irvin. So you got to have him on that list. Also, I think you got to have, and this may be a sleeper, but people who remember Sterling Sharp, Shannon's big brother. Yeah. When he played for Green Bay, the dude was built like a tank, yeah. blazing fast. He could outrun defenses. He could mow people down. Cornerbacks wanted nothing to do with it. Nobody yeah, wanted he, to tackle him. Yeah, he got, he got that neck injury, though. That's he had that neck him. injury. That yeah. neck injury messed him up. But I heard his brother Shannon's Hall of Fame speech now, right? So you do a Hall of Fame speech, you're supposed to be acknowledging your greatness. Shannon took part of his speech and said, just hear me out. Listen to what my brother Sterling accomplished. I listened to that speech. I'm like, I remember when he played, but I didn't know he was that good. So I added two people. Like I said, I didn't get crazy. Did a little reconstructive surgery, moved some things around. Steve Largen was nice. He ain't Randy Moss. He wasn't Calvin Johnson. Let's not get crazy. And, you know, so that's my list. I had to take off um, the Don Hudson dude. Like I said, we all heard about how great Bill Russell was. So we kind of heard from people who know. I got to, if it's somebody I ain't never seen play, I got to hear from people I know how good that dude was. And I ain't heard enough about Don Hudson. Okay. Sorry to the Hudson family. No disrespect. Okay. No disrespect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for breaking that down, Keith. Same question, Jay Ice. Talk to me. Listen, I, I kind of already alluded to what my order would be. You know, Mr. Rice is still going to be number one. Mr. Largen is still going to be number two. And as um, as Brother Kinslow, uh, Tom, Tom, Tom said, you know, he ran the patterns. Yeah. He ran those patterns. The only person that I would say that's not on the list that I would put in the list if I could, maybe in front of all work, is my man Fred Blintnikoff. Hey. Jet fan, Raider fan. And Belitnikov, nobody showed up bigger in games when they counted than that boy. And, and he was about as slow as they come. Yeah. But whenever you saw him play, he had distance. He got separation. He was he was open. You know, like, how the hell did he get open like that? Yeah. You know, nobody around him and stuff. And he caught the ball. I mean, you got to yeah. you know, give it to the stickum, but he, he didn't drop many passes. Yeah. He was there when you need him. He was like, he was the, he was the Jerry Rice of the 70s. So I drop him in at number 10. Okay. And I still gonna keep the respect for Mr. Hudson because I'm sorry, you play with a leather helmet, man. That's like us playing outside in, 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 the, in the park. We're playing tackle football with nothing. You might have had you might have had a, a knit hat on or a sheepskin hat, and that was it. 
<laughs> Something about that leather hat that got you, huh, Jay? <laughs> Thank you for that response. Big Tom, same question. I know you say you I know you mentioned Marvin Marvin Harrison. He was one of my listen, that was Peyton Manning's main man. So so talk to me. Talk to me. But I did I did forget about Michael Irvin. It, that that's another one. Name gotta be on it. And see, I do like old school, but I didn't see Lance play and I didn't see uh Don play. So and, a lot of times you see, you watch the games, they'll, they'll bring up old players and stuff. I never heard the names. Um, not to say they wasn't doing what they were doing. I saw some stats on them. They right. were doing their thing at, in, at their era. But we came up, we came up into the 70s. Right. Watching uh, Chris Chambers. Yeah. Um, for the yeah. uh, uh, Dolphins. That's right. That's right. These yeah. are names out there that, that were good. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, so yeah. that's that's why I said, but I do, I always like Marvin Man. Okay. All right. Yeah, that was Peyton. That was Peyton. Bread and butter. Yeah, that was his bread and butter. Bistro, same question. Talk yeah, yeah. It looks like me and Keith are kind of on the same wavelength right now. And as much as it pains me to say this. <laughs> Cowboys fan, I know. I, 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 you know I'm a big blue guy, right? But I got to put Michael Irvin on this list. He's got he's to gotta replace for me Don Hudson, right? Okay. Number four, right? I'm, I will move Randy Moss to two, put Steve Largent at seven. Ooh. I'm going to replace Lance with Charlie Joyner. Smooth Charlie, hands. Charlie, Charlie. Smooth hands. Always caught dude. the ball with it. I mean, he was Mr. Clutch to me oh, with yeah. the Packers. So that's what I would do. Like I said, it pains me to put Michael Irvin in there, but he was good. He was physical. He was tough. They changed the rules because of him. So that's, that's, that's my you know, how I reconfigure the list. Okay. Charlie at 10, Michael at uh, number four, and Charlie joined, yeah, Charlie joined at 10. That, that's 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 how I'd re redo it. Well, thank you so much for that, Barry Bistro. Thank all four of y'all for questions number two. So I'm going to move on to question number three, fellas. This question is not related to this topic. NFL tight ends are the new wide receivers. Why? Keith, talk to me. Well, you know, there's a number of reasons. I think a lot of times young quarterbacks deal with tight ends like it's their teddy bear. You know, I got that comfort, especially if it's a big tight end who sure hands, runs a big guy, runs over the defense. You only got to throw to him three or four, four yards off the line of scrimmage. If he's big or strong, he might just bowl people over for another four or five yards. So young, young QBs like that. Also, too, if you notice the last few years, and this has been happening for a while, you don't see as many fullbacks. And part of the reason you don't see as many fullbacks is because a lot of these offensive coordinators, they got these multiple um, tight end packages, you know, gives them, you know, combination of blocking and receiving. And typically, tight ends are bigger than fullbacks. So, you know, it gives the offensive coordinators a little bit more flexibility. In fact, last week in the game, Dallas had four tight ends in there on a running play and I scored a touchdown on it. Yeah, I know you would. It was against the Giants, but we ain't going to go there. <laughs> We're not going to go there. So, yeah, you know, I think that's uh, another reason, you know, comfort of the young quarterbacks. You know, they don't, they're not as comfortable throwing the ball over the middle of the field, throwing it down. And the fact that, you know, offensive coordinators don't really rely on fullbacks anymore. They can get the tight end to do that stuff and have a bigger target. Well, you know what? I didn't even look at it like that, Keith, with the fullbacks. I, I, that wasn't even in my head. Thank you so much for that response. 
Same question. Same question, Jay Ice. I, I think it comes with the evolution of the of the offensive game planning. Um, you know, in the 70s, you had some tight ends that were basically wide receivers that were used like that. Even though they were big, Dave Casper for the Oakland Raiders, they'd send him on a deep route too and stuff. But it's now it's, it's more of the tight ends are bigger, they're faster, they're more agile, and they have the skill set that wide receivers 30 years ago were the only players on the field that, that have those skill sets. So now you got these guys at a 260 that can do a 4-5, yeah. can, can, can run routes really well, and can get deep. And, um, and so it's, it's more of the new wide receivers in the sense that the game planning takes into account their attributes. But I think I would say that they've always been a receiver. It's just about the game plan. You put it, you put them in the game plan, you showcase them, and then and then you then you have some rich um what's a rich cast caster for the New York Jets in the 70s. Why he was a he was a tight end, but he 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 played more like a wide receiver for, for most of the most of the time. And so so you see that often in like a team like Green Bay, San Francisco, mm-hmm. you know, you might be a tight end. But you automatically wide receiver too because of the way that the, the offense is. Yeah, you know, yeah. you look at um St. Louis, the Rams, that greatest show on, on turf. You know, right. that tight end was something. They had the receivers, but everybody was a, was a receiver. You yeah. came out the backfield, you were a receiver as soon as you stepped on the on the field. Well, listen, you guys just gave me the meat and potatoes and the and, and, and some cranberry sauce on the side. Thank you for both of your responses. Same question, Kinslow. Talk to me, Big Tom. Talk to me. The, the tight end is the new wide receiver because they get up the field. And they do a number of things that are different than the receivers. Receivers, your job is just to run up the field. Good tight ends, talented ones, uh, offensive blockers. Um, they, they play the middle of the field. They, do, they got a number of jobs. And now you're starting to see the college football teams having two tight ends on the, on the, on the field at the same time. So I've always loved the tight end. I've loved the tight end from Mark Pavar. Mark Pavar, yeah, of tight ends, and then so you get the good ones. Look what uh, Dallas does with their tight ends. I yeah. can't stand Dallas because they get the uh, Witten um, up as a good tight end. New England has yeah. um, tight ends. Look what they do. I mean, look look at what uh, uh what who would um the goat be without his tight end? Yeah, yeah, Brady. Who would he yep. be without his tight ends? He's yep. short. His his ten and in. I love tight ends. They're they're big. And Keith, you're right. With without you don't see fullbacks anymore. Right. A friend of mine is uh cousin was a fullback for a college. I think Cincinnati. He was huge. He was just a big dude. You don't see fullbacks. You, 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 where are they now? I'm like you know. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you see a fullback here and there, like a fullback. fullback. Yeah. What are you for? You know, I got the tight end that can do that. You know, <laughs> give give me my wideouts and then let the running back go right behind the tight end. You know? Yeah. Well, listen, thank you so much for that big Tom. Keith, you, yeah, you, you're right. Fullback. I haven't seen a fullback in the last two, three seasons. <laughs> Bistro, same question. Talk to me, Barry. It, it, it's, it's just the evolution of the game, man. I mean, Tight ends used to be used strictly as blockers downfield, you know, decoys. But because they're bigger, they're stronger, they're more athletic, uh, 
they just use they just use better. I mean, Mark Bavaro and the Giants started it really, really to 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 focus on the tight end, right? Uh, uh, and I think that kind of brought everybody along. But it's the evolution of the game. Yeah. Period. The period. tight ends are just more equipped to handle uh, the corners and the safeties, right? Uh, because they're bigger and stronger. So I think the evolution of the game caused the tight end to be more important in the game planning than it was before. Okay. Well, listen, all four of y'all gave me the meat and potatoes on question three with some cranberry sauce on the side, word up with some lemonade or whatever you wanted to drink. Those were great responses. Thank y'all so much. So I'm going to move on to question number four. This question is not related to this topic. Aaron Rodgers jabs at the NFL regarding artificial turf. Is his complaint justifiable? Keith, talk to me. Yeah, that, that, that's an easy one. He's, he's one of the top dogs in the league. And look, players hate artificial turf. They hated it in baseball years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hated it in the NFL. And, you know, it, it's not really safe for the players. At least they feel that way. And what happens is what really bugs them is the non-contact injuries, right? So they hurt their, their knees, their ankles, their, their feet, you know, the, the lower extremities, the lower parts of their body before anybody touches them. Yeah. And that's an issue for them. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers did the right thing speaking up. Now, the owners will say that, well, you know, it costs a lot. To, you know, half the league has artificial uh, turf. costs a lot to change it. And, you know, you get the same amount of injuries on grass. I don't know. I don't know the data. I don't know the stats. But if your players, if your multi-million dollar players don't like it, and you know, you, if you're an owner and you know y'all been sued because of head injuries and whatnot, the least you could do is put grass on the field, even if it just makes them comfortable. You know, even if there's no data that shows that that players get injured less, non-contact injuries on grass than they do artificial turf. But they hate it. I've never heard a player say, you know, I really like playing on that fake stuff. No, never. Never. So, yeah, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers did the right thing speaking up. I think he got a lot more speaking up to do on some other issues, but he, yes. you know, he hit the nail on the head on that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Thank you so much for that response, Keith. Same question, Jay Ice. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, AstroTurf has had had its artificial turf. AstroTurf has had its its, its pros and cons for 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 decades. Um, you have played those those non-contact injuries. You have the injuries where you know the players they're getting a cleat caught. Um, they, they they get they try to make a cut and it, it gets stuck. You know mm-hmm. you got your you got your, your from your hammies to your to your to your ACLs and all these things that are happening. And plus, if you've ever played football, you put on grass. Grass is not not a soft surface contact surface to be you know hit falling down on in and of itself with dirt on it. What's underneath um, artificial turf? Concrete. It's concrete slab. They have padding, but that's but that's it's, it's a concrete base with the with the layer of a thick carpet on top. And, and when you look at that that carpet, when they when you, if you have a high def TV and you see it up close, they fill it in with these little black uh, rubber um, pellets and stuff. And one football player, I remember that he had a, a eye injury because he got up in his eye, you know, because you know he hit the thing and it, and it bounced up, you know. And I remember when I was in in Dallas, when we were in Dallas, we stepping on that Dallas Star putting some New York Giants and New York Jet love on it. Um, you know, it, it was hard as hell. I mean, I, I, I was like, how could you have? I sat on that on that turf and I was like, there's no way I could play on this. I have a broken everything. So I, I agree with the, um, the players. I agree with Aaron Rodgers. 
you know, that it should be grass. And plus, the um, artificial turf kind of changed a lot of the elements of the game on how it's played. On a rainy day, you got mud. You don't have mud with AstroTurf. That's right. You know, when in, in the winter time, you have you have some mud, you have snow, you know, you have you have elements of the game that the way it's traditionally played that players don't have to deal with as much. Um, and and that was and that gave the game some character. And uh so so you, you kind of can can that same quarterback make that same throw, that same play? Can he can he escape the pocket and run and, and get that pass off when he's running around in mud because he's got some some bad conditions versus um you know these prime conditions all the time. That's kind of prima donna. So it's it's um yeah. so even comparing wide receivers to get back on our earlier two questions. Plays that played on grass, that's what they had to do it in. It's pouring down rain, it's mud, and you still got to make the play, you got to make the catch. When you play on, on artificial turf all the time, you know, it kind of skews the thing. You got you got it's like driving a Hyundai versus driving a Beamer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's a, a little bit more comfort there. Thank you so much for that. You broke it down, Jay Ice. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Listen, same question, Big Tom. Talk to me. Keep it short. Yes. Uh, there's um, I, I did some reading on There's a petition out now. Okay. Where the uh, players are signing on to uh, arg- make the argument against uh, um, the change. And the injuries are, are there. The injury, just the stats, the stats are there. Um, you're seeing more players, you know, trip over an air trip and you know, get get hurt. And it's, yeah. it's changing, sort of changing the game. Although they're playing rock hard, you know, they're just rocking on, but their their bodies are taking a beating from them. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Thank you so much for that, Big Tom. Same question, Barry Bistro. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it, it it's a no brainer, right? Because the non-contact injuries that happens on, on the turf is just astronomical. We know that. I mean, look what happened in the Super Bowl last year, right, with Odell. Uh, no one yeah. touched him, I don't believe, right? He was running down, boom, in the end zone, knees got caught, or the, his foot got caught, he was out. So it's it, and, and the players, given the nature of the players today, you do need a surface where there's some give, right? At least with grass, we know it's, it's still hard, but there's give. When, when you put, plant your foot down, you know, you, you can you can kind of steady yourself. Whereas the astroturf, like you said, you get your cleats caught. It's a wrap. You try to go, try to move your body in one way or the other. It's a wrap. So right. I agree totally with with the amount of money the NFL is making, the owners are making. They they could invest in in grass fields throughout the league, no doubt. They just don't want to. Cuts to the bottom line. So yeah. I would say, yeah, he's right on, spot on with that, and they should change it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Bistro. Thank all four of you for question number four. Thank you all very much. Last question, number five. This question is not related to this topic. This is week 14. By now, we have a clear picture of which teams meet in the Super Bowl and who wins it all. Please state your teams and explain why, Keith. I mean, who's the two teams and who you you think is going to win it all? Well, I'm going to start off with the AFC, and um, I got to go with Kansas City. I mean, Mahomes has proven that he's the best quarterback in the league. I mean, he's got that mantle now. He is the best quarterback in the league. You know, they keep trying to push the dude from Buffalo who is good, Josh Allen. I like him. They keep trying to push the guy in L.A. I like him. None of them are as good as Mahomes. And 
you know, what I like about his season this year is people were wondering if he could do it without Tyreek Hill. Yes, I, I'm one of them. Yards without the catch. And he's still doing it without Tyreek Yes, he is. And now he's got the best. We were talking tight ends early. He's got the best tight end in the game in Travis Kelsey. But you always wonder, you know, if it's six of one or half a dozen or the other. Would, Ty, would, would Kelsey be this good if he ain't had Mahomes in the pocket? Would Mahomes be as good as he is without Kelsey? Yeah. We know you can't ask that question with with about Tyreek anymore because he's now in Miami making it happen. So Mahomes is the he's the best QB in the league. I, I think that Kansas City is kind of you know the favorite coming out of the AFC. You know, there's some other challenges out there. Now to the NFC. <laughs> oh boy. Look, y'all know what it is. Some people, you know what it is. I didn't show up with this for no reason, but I'm gonna say this, right? I'm gonna give the case for Dallas. But I'm also going to make a case for, for Philadelphia. And okay. do, with it, with, do with it what you will, right? Okay. Dallas. Dallas vets are tired of hearing all that smack about the last time the Super Bowl came to Dallas. I mean, there are teams we've been beating 10, 10 times in a row in the NFC East talking smack about when the last time we won the Super Bowl. I'm like, yo, beat us first before we talk about that. And plus, we have more rings than any team in the NFC East, but okay, that's the fan that we're talking. Let me get back to the top again. Two of the best players on defense, Michael Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Two of the best offensive linemen ever, Zach Martin and um, my man Tyron Smith. He's hurt now. Zeke is still Zeke, and Dak is proven to be one of the better quarterbacks. Everybody focuses on his mistakes. But he got the number one offense in the game today. And they got better after all that madness people were talking when the backup was in there. You know, you got to go to the back. Dallas don't look, didn't look as good with the backup in there, even though he did his thing that they do with um with 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 Dak in there. Now, like I said, that's partly the fan of me talking. Philadelphia is tight, man. They're big, they're physical. Yeah. Jalen Hurts has arrived. They run that run play option or whatever they call that thing to perfection. And they're beating everybody they put in front of them, except for, I think, Washington got them. So um, the fan of me says Dallas, if I was a betting man, I'm not really a betting man, I, I might go with Philly. So let me get this straight. You got the Chiefs coming out of the AFC, and you're saying the Philly or not your, not your Cowboys? I'm saying – Personally, it's Dallas. All right, so so if so, I were a so. betting man, it might be Philly. Okay, but you got to give me. You got it, Barry. Who's Barry going, who's going to the Super like, Bowl, no, man? You got to go with. Who's okay. going to the Super Dallas, Bowl, baby? It's, it's right, that so, star. So, it's always okay. been about that star. All right, and, and, Ice, and, I heard and, that little slick comment about stepping okay. on the star. Right, and so it's Casey. I heard that slick comment. So it's Casey. So it's Casey and Dallas in the Super Bowl, and who's winning it? Dallas. Okay. That's what talk to me. You the you listen. You ain't got to be shy. I know, I know who your love is. See, your audience don't know that back in the day, and I ain't gonna give the, the years ago we used to do this. We used to all of us used to do the same thing on conference calls. Just a different technology now. It's video. It's we used video. to do this on conference calls. All right. So you got the Chief and the Cowboys going in the Super Bowl and the Cowboys winning it all. Thank you so much for that. J.I., same question. Talk to me. Listen, listen. Cowboys won't be – Cowboys ain't my pick because they always choke. Okay. We got all the talent and, they, and, and, the, and, the, and the big games, they choke. So I, 
in the NFC, you got the boys, you got the Eagles, right? They're there and the Vikings. Now that's and and the sleeper, San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Now it's week 14, but there's still a lot of movement going on. There's still a lot of movement going on. If I had to say for the NFC, I'd probably still go with the Eagles because those boys are they got they got everything going for them. All cylinders, the wide receivers, the running game, you know, the quarterback. You know, it's it, it's there. Dallas, they got a squad, but they just don't seem to show up when it when it counts. There's always there's always some kind of heartbreak, especially losing on, in their own stadium. Um, when when it counts, uh, Minnesota just watching today. You know, the Jets almost beat them. You know, but they but they the record is the record, and and they have a way of winning. They got because they got they got they got the two boys. They got Dalvin Cook, and they got that the receiver. You know, you can't handle Jefferson. Um, so, you know, I, I think the Eagles would be my, is, is my pick for the NFC, right? For the AFC, you still got a, a similar type of, you know, you know, jockeying for position still going on. You got, you got KC, you got Cincinnati. They're there. You know, I, I, they're playing now teams that can beat other teams, you know, and they're going to be going up against the other Miami another sleeper you don't know that you know they're they're kind of dropping back some but it might be there um i pick my pick my boys there you know uh-huh. i love to have them in but i but i'm not a fool i'm, a, I'm an old fool not a new fool <laughs> i know they, they they'll get into the playoffs and unless there's some stunning stuff going on i don't expect to see him in the super bowl but i do i do see kc as being leader because you can't mess with my homie it's just it's just it's just too tight of a of a of a of a of a game with that man. So I'd have KC versus Philadelphia, and I'd never go against Mahomes. I got I got KC winning it. So KC winning it. Philly against KC in the Super Bowl and KC winning it. Thank you very much, Jay Ice. Thank you for that. Big Tom, talk to me. Where you at? Listen, I I'm a I'm gonna give Keith. A, a little bit of respect. Cowboys got a Super Bowl defense. No question about it. Their defense is no joke. Yeah. Right? So my best friend, you know Keith Stapleton, is a diehard Dallas. But when I tell you I watch Sunday football, I watch for the Giants to win and Dallas to lose. Either way, I don't think that's just how I roll. Now, for the Super Bowl, I like KC. Mahomes. They're no joke. They're coming out of AFC. They're coming out of uh, America. Philly, watching Philly play, and you don't, you still, I'm like the commentators. You know, you still, you, you've been watching Hurts for three years, and you really like saying, yo, is this dude really playing this kind of football? And you just, you have that pause because he's, he's, he's nice. But now they, they're playing to his strengths. So he's not the fastest man on the field. But man, when he starts running, He's deceptive. You, you, you just can't catch him. He's getting that 10 running out and going for nothing. That's how that catch. So I like the Eagles. Uh, Dallas, you will be in the playoffs. So, so all four of the uh, teams out of division. That's what it looks like. But, but, but Dallas, that coach chokes, man. That dude chokes. <laughs> Get Cooper Rush. Watch Cooper Rush end up with a contract next year with somebody else. All right? But uh, I ain't rolling with that. I can't roll with that star, bro. I, I can't. I, I don't see. I, I see you losing the first round of the playoffs. So let me get this straight, Big Tom. You got KC going into the Super Bowl, and it sounds like you got the Eagles 
Oh, I'm taking the Eagles over KC. And it's going to kill me to say that because I like KC. But I'm going for my division. I'm going for the Eagles. So Eagles going to win it all in your book. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Big Tom. It'll be a good game if that happens. It won't be a hell of a game if it goes yeah. down like that. Yeah. Same question, Barry Bistro. Bring it home, please. I'm going to go straight to my man Keith and tell you why <laughs> Dallas won't be there. You know why? And they got a they got a championship defense. They do, yes. no doubt. Yes, they and they got a good quarterback, no doubt. But and Tom, you can relate because this is from from your boy Magic. You know what they don't have, Keith? They don't have the winning gene. They don't have the winning. They can't win in the big game. You know why? They choke every time. Not since nineteen eighty something. Come on, stop it. 20, they can't years, win now. Twenty six years ago. They can't win now. They don't have the winning gene. So I'm going with Philly out of the NFC because I love right. my man Hurts. I love the coaching. I love the team itself. Right. I think Philly's gonna gonna come out of the NFC and they're gonna give KC a run for their money in the championship game. But I ain't going against my homie. You ain't going against he just does not seem to no game is out of reach for him. No matter how much he's down, no matter what, what time of the game it is, he could always make a play to make it happen. And the coaching on KC? Yeah, I agree. Andy. So my, my pick is KC Philly and KC coming out on top. Okay. Well, listen, you cats gave me the meat and potatoes for all four, five questions. Thank you all so much. So I got to give you I got to jump in on this on questions three and four. Question three is, the NFL tight ends are the new wide receivers and why? Now, I got four reasons. Why? And my reasons go like this. Number one, those star quarterbacks on down know that the tight end can get the separation. That word separation goes a long way. You guys know we've been watching football since the 70s. Why? Anytime a quarterback throws the ball, to a tight end or a wide receiver is 99.9. He knows that that ball is not going to get intercepted because that receiver got some separation. That's key. That's key. Linebackers can't handle tight ends. Okay. That's who's normally when a tight end goes out. That's a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? So they know. And you're right, Keith. With the fullback, the fullbacks is like no more. And, and, and I ain't really look at that. I ain't really realize that. You know, looking at Barkley and and, and and looking at other Zeke in them on the Cowboys when there's one quarterback, one running back back there with Dak or, or, or with Daniel Jones. Yeah, the fullback never came to my mind these last three years. You're right. They, they, they gone. <laughs> you know, it's no more thunder and lightning like it used to be. Right? And then my second reason is tight ends use their hands when they catch the ball. Unlike the wide receivers, they wide receivers, they want to catch it with their chest, with their arms, looking all pretty. And, and, and nine to ten, depending on how the ball is being thrown, it's bouncing off them like a brick wall. Them tight ends not to use their hands. They're catching it with their hands. And what that's what made Randy Moss. And the Fitzgeralds in them so great because they caught it with their hands, not with they not with the arms and the chest. You know what I'm saying? My third reason is wide receivers across the divisions. You look at this season, last season, 
the season, <laughs> I mean, you could go back five years. I'm, this is my opinion. Wide receivers are dropping the ball like crazy. And this is the reason why these quarterbacks, I got what you said. I think it was you, Jay Ice, about one of your said the quarterbacks are young, so they, 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 you know, they scared to throw it. I think it was right. It was you, Keith. They scared to throw it down the middle. That may be true. But you look at Lamar Jackson. You look at the Kelseys. I mean, it, it goes on and on. These, these guys are throwing it because they know these guys are going to catch the ball 99.9. These wide receivers, man, not to say that they all dropping, but damn, they dropping it, man. They dropping it. And then my fourth reason is, listen, across the divisions, a lot of these wide receivers can't get separation. You got so many wide receivers in these last decade. Their career has been over within the last, and, and their first five seasons because they can't get separation. You, you, you guys know, if you don't get separation as a wide receiver, your career is over because the ball's not being thrown to you. you, you you're useless. <laughs> so if you can't get separation, then you might as well retire and, and do something else. So those are my four reasons. And, and for number four, regarding Aaron Rodgers, was it justifiable? Hell yeah, it was justifiable. I got three reasons why. Players in all positions are getting hurt in an alarming numbers. The player-to-player -player contact, I mean, it's, most of it is not even player-to-player -player contact. It's like what you said, Barry, it's the turf. I mean, cats moving left, cats moving right, getting stuck. You, like you said, J.I.'s, the knees from the hammies on down. You done. I mean, listen, you also, you got NFL owners, these NFL owners, and one of y'all brought it up. I think it was you, Bistro. These NFL owners, the profit-making that these guys make each year, no matter how bad the team is, they still making, the profit-making is outstanding. There's no excuse why they can't put Grass, dirt, mud, whatever you want to put it, take the goddamn artificial turf off. You guys can afford it. We're not talking about doing it for 10 fields. We're talking about doing it for one field. Your field, one field. You got it. But you're too damn cheap. That's the real reason. And they don't care about the players. That's the bottom line. They don't care about the players. But like Aaron Rodgers said, he don't see it ever happening. And I agree with him because Aaron knows these owners don't care. And that's why you don't have guaranteed money for most of these players because you get hurt next. <laughs> next. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not spending that money on that grass. It's going to cost me too much. No, it's not going to cost you. You know what I'm saying? You know, take care of your players. You know? Take care of your players. And then my third reason, the artificial turf is hurting the game. I mean, it's just hurting the game season after season. I mean, listen, you got, you got 32 teams in the NFL. 32 teams. We in week 14 right now. 16 out of the 32 got 500 below records. 
Look at the records, fellas. Under 500, half of the half of the league. And that's because cats are getting hurt like crazy. And then it's not all about player-to-player contact. You got cats, you got teams going into the playoffs with 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 records that's not even above 500. I, I'm so hyped about this subject, I, I, I can't even talk because it's crazy. I'm looking at the records week after week, and I'm saying, look at this division. Look at the NFC South with Brady in them. I mean, they under 500, but they the division leader. But they going in the playoffs. They not even a wild card. <laughs> What's that about? It's crazy right now. Listen, I'm going to shut up because I want to move on. I want to thank my guests. I appreciate y'all so much. Keith from Staten Island, thank you so much. Jay Ice from Brooklyn, New York, thank you so much. Big Tom from Plainsville, New Jersey, thank you so much. And my man Barry Bistro from Bayshore, Long Island, New York, Thank you so much. I want to thank y'all for hanging out with me virtually in my basement. As I always say, sports is what keeps this world from going insane, either in a pandemic or no pandemic. Until next time, take care.